0: Hello, we're talking about sex baby, we're talking about sex baby, actually we're not, in a series of videos we've actually been talking about uh, the difference between the sexes and specifically in relation to stress. My name is Dr Jill Borum. I am a lifestyle medicine advocate, I'm a functional nutritionist, holistic health coach, speaker, author um, and I'm really passionate particularly about helping women over the age of 40, 45 to live a healthy and vital and joyful Life well into their later years. So, we have talked about the difference between men and women physiologically. We've talked about the different hormones that are produced when we go into a stress response and the effect that that has on other hormones such as insulin and oestrogen we've talked about why we might be getting stresses in our lives we've talked about perceived and unperceived we've talked about the areas of our life that might be causing us stress and how we've kind of become well this is my new norm and so i'm not really even noticing what's going on we've done some exercises in looking at why things are good and why things are bad in our own lives we've broken it down into um, looking specifically at relationships that kind of picture Uh, in the last video we looked at nutrition um, and we looked at supplementation so we looked at food specifically uh, and then we looked at supplementation and why that's important Um, and today what i want to look at is um, that kind of uh, community work picture so it's really important um, and i think you may have heard this said before that um, you know when we die um, and I was very privileged to be present at the end of various people's lives um, we're not really interested in the material things but one of the things that we are interested in is have we made a difference in the world have we left a legacy and so to live this fulfilling and happy life one, one that is joyous and, and well of, of well-being is one of those human needs Tony Robbins talks about them is this feeling of contribution of being able to make a difference to have uh, to leave a lasting legacy so if we are to reduce the stress levels in our lives one of the things that we can do is to increase our contribution um, and the one of the ways to do that is by following our purpose or our passion so i'm really fortunate in that my whole life my job my work is following my passion about holistic healthcare um, and so that gives me automatically the, the the ability to be able to contribute but also um you know i've been recognized for my work as a transformational coach that makes me really happy that fills me up and means that I've made a difference in people's lives and also I've been given um, an honorary doctorate as, um, from a, 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 peace, uh, as a peace ambassador. Um, so those are the things that actually you can look at and you can leave behind but it's not about what you've left behind, it's actually the process, it's actually what you do on a day-to-day basis that enables you to have this feeling of satisfaction. So my question to you today is what is your legacy going to be? Not only to your family and your loved ones, but also to the world in general. What is it that you're doing in your life that is creating or making the difference? And therefore, what can you do more of that is going to give you this sense of satisfaction and joy and this sense of accomplishment and purpose? In other words, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? Um, I'll come back to you uh, on the next video um, with some more insights and stuff that I've learnt on my journey from fat-sick and unhappy to living a healthy and vital life. If you uh, like this video, please share it, please like it, please follow and I'll see you on the next one. Hello and welcome back to the lovely Alps. I put some photographs at the beginning of this video so that you can see what I see when I'm talking to you here. I'm on um, a little mini break. I'm on a holiday with my family um, who are off walking in the hills. Um, I was doing that yesterday with them but today I decided to take a little break out and uh, to do some filming as part of my series on stress and the midlife, midlife woman. So this is, uh, I don't know, something like number six or seven in a series of very, very short videos on stress in the 21st century and what it's like and why we are a nation that is suffering with um, more illness and dis-ease when you would think with all the knowledge and all the scientific um, breakthroughs, with all of the care that we understand about our bodies that we would be living healthier lives. Actually, you know, we have an epidemic, a gross epidemic of the common diseases, uh, such as heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, those kind of common ones, and particularly interested in obesity, diabetes, and also the hormone imbalances that so many women are suffering from. So today, my subject is sleep. I couldn't possibly do a series on stress without covering this really important subject. Um, It's particularly important to me because I am and have been a poor sleeper particularly since the onset of my perimenopausal symptoms. So if you're a woman you may be experiencing the same thing. Um, You know poor sleep often because I'm woken up or have been woken up by hot flashes, night sweats, uh, by um, sometimes palpitations in the night Um, but there are also lots of other reasons for poor sleep patterns and of course stress is one of those. So you will have noticed no doubt that if you are in periods of stress in your life that your sleep patterns are disturbed. So why is it important that we understand the effect of stress on our sleep? Well just a couple of facts for a start. If you have say five hours nights that sleep a night, you are something like sixty percent more likely to develop a cough or a cold. So it's interesting isn't it? I don't know um, you know about you if you've ever gone on a journey, perhaps a plane journey, and you've gotten up really early in the morning to catch that early flight. We tend to put the cold down to the fact that we're in this confined, you know, area with all these other people, and I'm sure that's something to do with it. But when I heard this statistic, I thought, wow, actually, all right. You know, if I'm if I'm catching a really early flight, um, thinking about it, I probably am, those are the times when I've been ill. It's not really to do with being in that confined space with all these really unhealthy people, perhaps. It's to do with the fact that I've had very little sleep. Another fact about um, getting poor sleep as well, and perhaps, um, I think the other statistic I heard was if you get four hours sleep a night, is that your anti-cancer fighting cells are diminished or repressed by about 70%. So sleep is super, super important. Um, And I haven't got time to go through some of my kind of sleep um, recommendations in the short videos, but um, I have and I will put together a a presentation, um, a longer presentation, that will go through the facts and figures about sleep and some of the practical things that you can do to get extra sleep at night and to make sure that the quality of your sleep is good, if not the quantity. Uh, So look out for those, remember to like, share and subscribe to my video and uh, to my YouTube channel and I'll see you on the next time. Hello, can you hear the birds singing? Oh my goodness, I'm in the Alps, um, recording a short series of videos for midlife women on stress and the way that stress in our 21st century, which we can't avoid by the way, affects us, our bodies um, and our minds, affects us uh, holistically moving into our later years. Um, I promised that I would talk about heart disease, this is one of my major passions because despite all of the science and all the research and development around heart disease and what I mean by heart disease is the propensity for things like cardiovascular accidents like heart attack, stroke, pulmonary embolus, but also heart, long-term chronic heart disease as well um, heart disease is still uh, the biggest killer in the western world it accounts for Um, 1 in 2.4 deaths, and so 1 in 2.4 of us in the Western world will die of heart disease. Um, Only 3 people survive their first heart attack, 3 out of 10 people survive their first heart attack. And very often these heart attacks come with no warning at all. So you may be like me and know people or know people that know people that have suddenly had a stroke or a heart attack or a bleed on the brain and they looked fit they appeared to be happy they appeared to be the last person that you would think of that would suffer either a fatal or a non-fatal cardiovascular accident i was with um my young hairdresser not so so long ago uh, and she was telling me that one saturday afternoon she went home to visit her mother and and found her on the kitchen floor who had suffered a devastating stroke now this lady has survived but the quality of her life is very poor she is a mere 54 years old and you would never have thought that she would have been at risk because you see we can't tell from the outside can we um, what's going on in the inside but what we do know is that stress has a major impact on your risk of heart disease And this is because stress, those high levels of those hormones that we've been talking about, cause inflammation in the body. And if you have arteries that are lovely and open and clear, as you did when you were in your 20s, it means that the blood can flow to and from where it needs to get to. But as we get older, um, we have uh, things that get in the way of those arteries becoming open and lovely and smooth. So we have cholesterol build up and plaque buildup up and calcium buildup, up um, and what happens is that if we are stressed we then produce inflammation and that inflammation, those little bits of inflammation get stuck to the plaque and the cholesterol and it's that little bit, that inflammatory particle that's in your cell, in the, in the inner lining of your blood cell that will form a clot and that is the clot that will travel to your brain, so you have a stroke, that will travel to your lung that you have a pulmonary embolus with, and this is what my mother, If you know my story, you know that my mother died at 56 of a pulmonary embolus, or indeed will travel to your heart, and this causes a heart attack. So reducing your stress levels is super, super important. And ladies, did you know, after, the po- after your menopause, so postmenopausal, you are at risk of heart attack slightly more than men, so the risk goes up to 54% for women and 48% for men. And we tend to think of um, these kind of things as a man's disease. But actually women, postmenopausally we are more at risk because we haven't got the estrogen in our bodies that protect ourselves from developing this inflammation. So it's really important that we manage our stress levels so that we are at less risk of cardiovascular disease that's my That's my thought for today. Um, I'll catch you on the next video. Remember to like, share and subscribe so that you can get all my um, all my shares and all the stuff that I have learned along my path to health and vitality Hello, we're back in the Alps. Well. I've been here all the time, you've come to join me on um, a series of short videos, very very short videos, that I wanted to do for you about stress and the midlife woman. So we've talked about all sorts of things, we've talked about the difference between men and women and how we deal with stress, we've talked about stress and the influence it has on your hormones such as insulin and estrogen, we've talked about heart disease, we've talked about sleep. Uh, we've talked about exercise uh, we've talked about all sorts of things i've shared with you um uh, so much already Uh, today um, one of the big things i want to share with you is something that is just big in the news everywhere it's kind of it's kind of the new uh, the new internet if you like (laughs) in the health world Um, it's been kind of bubbling under the surface a few years i became aware of it probably about four years ago three or four years ago but nowadays you can't read a journal or a book or a house document or um, turn on the television without hearing this word and it's a bit like when you buy a yellow mini um you see everybody else driving yellow minis you 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 thought you were being it was new (laughs) um uh and this is going to be the same thing for you. Once you know this word, I kid you not, you are going to hear it um, on the radio and the television. You're going to be reading it in magazines, um, and it's going to ring a real bell with you. And this word is the microbiome. Mm. So the microbiome is all the bacteria, fungi, all those things that are in you and on you that um, maintain our, particularly maintain our immunity. So 90% of our immunity is carried in our microbiome. So the gut microbiome in itself weighs about two kilograms. So that's about four bags of sugar. And there's a mixture, it's not really good and bad, but there is a mixture of bacteria that work together that maintains homeostasis or balance within our body. Our skin is our largest organ, and so we have a microbiome on our skin. It's in our ears, up our nose, in our hair, under our fingernails. Um, You know, it's huge. It's what keeps everything um, healthy and keeps us in a good, balanced state. We are talking about stress, and guess what stress does to our microbiome? Yes it puts it out of balance so instead of having a good proportion between the so-called good and bacteria actually what happens is it's shown scientifically proven that stress has an effect on the microbiome and causes us to have an imbalance an imbalanced microbiome means that we are much more likely uh, at risk of practically every disease. Everything from autoimmune, heart disease, cancer, it massively affects our weight. Um, It also affects our, uh, things like um, we're in summer now, so allergies, you might have heard the expression, all disease begins in the gut. So if we fix the gut, then we fix the problem. Um, I don't have time to go into the whys and wherefores and all of the details, but I will and can do a presentation for you, which I will put a link to um, when it's done under this video so that you can go straight to that presentation and understand um, how our guts are driving our health. It's not about genetics even if you have been told that you have a genetic predisposition to something you are much more likely to develop that disease if your body is out of balance and having a healthy microbiome microbiome is one of the key things you need to do in order to increase your um, your uh, your propensity to um, maintain a healthy body and rather than fall prey to that genetic predisposition that you might have. The gut is such a big subject Um, but anyway I hope that you've learned a little bit today. Um, Join me again for another video in this series. In the meantime like, share and uh, follow and I will see you the next time. Still talking about sex, baby, still talking about sex, baby. (laughs) Here I am in the Alps. You've seen the photographs at the beginning. I wanted to put those up so that you could see the view that I am um, being so privileged to see whilst I'm doing this short video for you. So we're not really talking about sex, we're talking about the difference between the sexes and specifically the effect of stress on women and how women deal with those stress hormones. Um, And today's little short video is all about exercise. So, uh, what I see sometimes is because um, so many women are struggling with managing their weight, particularly as we get into midlife, I'm the same as you. You know, I have those same difficulties, those same challenges. And what I see is people, uh, or women particularly, in their 40s and their 50s, you know, going to, uh, all of a sudden, taking up jogging or going to spin classes and doing those really high, uh, prolonged, kind of aerobic type exercises in the gym, pounding on the treadmill for hours and hours and hours. Now, we're talking about stress. This whole uh, video series is about stress. That type of exercise, ladies, for us, when we are in our midlife, is actually very stressful on the body. It causes free radical damage, it means that it ages us. It's, it's not ever gonna really help us lose weight, which is a lot of the reason why uh, you know uh, we, we do it as women. It is very, very stressful. So choosing the right time of type of exercise for your sex and for your age is super important so yes it 's okay in your 20s and your 30s and even in your early 40s to do those kind of higher aerobic type things um, and there are moments in our life when we need to get our heart rates up ladies but the, t- the kind of exercise that gets our heart rates up are the very short um, bursts of energy so the are kind of H- uh, hit exercises they 're called those kind of those kind of things where we want to get our, our heart rate up but for short periods of time. Um, are much more beneficial for us as we get older, combined with the type of exercises that allow our bodies to receive um, good kind of endorphins, which are really good uh, for um, for looking and feeling younger, the type of exercises that we should be doing are the ones that are slower and actually will help us to maintain a better hormone balance and therefore better weights. So it's gonna be a, help you manage your weight. So those are things like yoga, Pilates, if you don't know, I'm a Pilates teacher and I do yoga, walking, swimming, those kind of exercises are much more beneficial to us because they are not raising the stress hormones in our body like cortisol and adrenaline. And if you've watched the other videos, you will already understand that raising these cortisol and adrenaline levels in our systems as women is damaging our bodily systems it's knocking out our hormones our sex hormones it's making us more prone to insulin resistance and diabetes it's also making us more prone to weight gain to developing heart disease developing cancer all of those things are increased as our stress levels raise and we're going to be talking about specifically the relationship between stress uh, the stress um, hormones and uh, one of my big passions which is which is heart disease so look out for that video Uh, remember to like share and um, and subscribe and i will see you the next time Hello beautiful people and welcome back to my uh, stress buster series of videos which I'm recording here in the Alps. I put some little videos or little pictures at the beginning of this video so that you can see the view that I'm looking at whilst I'm recording this for you. You can hear the birds singing. Um, It's June uh, whilst I'm recording this. Um, So you know it's um, about 28 degrees here today. Talking about stress. Um, Being on holiday of course is one of the best things that you can do to relieve your stress but you know for some people that's not true because if your relationships are not good if you find being out and away from your home and all of the things that are familiar to you uncomfortable that sometimes being on holiday can be more stressful would you agree? Uh, My husband and I are creatures of habit and we love going back to the same places over and over again. And this is because we are familiar with the rules. We kind of know where things are. We know the best places to go, you know, to eat or to shop or where to visit. We know some of the people locally. Um, And I know it sounds a bit boring, but actually I find that takes the stress out of going on holiday. Um, If you do go on holiday to a new place, you know, it usually takes two or three days, doesn't it, to get used to a new environment, And although it might be exciting, I actually personally don't find that restful at all. So, we're talking about stress um, for the midlife woman and how you can reduce stress in your life, how you can understand the type of things that cause stress, uh, the hormones that are created within you and that are raised within you, cortisol and adrenaline, when you're in that stress response, the effects that those hormones might have on your weight, on your propensity to develop disease, on your sleep patterns, um, all those kind of things we're talking about. Um, And today, um, my kind of subject really is more to do with the mind rather than the body. We've focused a lot on the body. Um, But as I've kind of come to grips with what makes me happy and what makes me well, Uh, and helps me to maintain this kind of sense of vitality is actually so much more to do with what's going on up here with mindfulness, with my emotions Um, and actually all that comes down to is energy. We are total energy beings. So all of the things that I've talked to you about so if you are getting too little sleep if you are not getting good nutrients in your body if you are not around people that are making you happy if you are um, in a job or in a um, around people that are causing you high levels of stress if you are not able to contribute in the world such as you want to if you haven't found your purpose if you haven't found your passion or your why if you are doing the wrong form of exercise. All of these things are all to do with the balance of energy in your body. Even your emotions. Um, Your emotions are actually energy in motion. That's what it is. And so, once you understand that our characters and the way that we live our lives, um, we tend to think of them as fairly set, don't we? Um, But I've discovered over the last two or three years as i began to do the work on myself particularly in terms of my self-development and i don't mean personal i don't i don't mean self-development in terms of work and developing the business and all this kind of thing it's not about personal development it's about self-development it's actually understanding me becoming more aware of me and what drives me and why i react in the way that i do Um, and a lot of that comes down to what happened to me as a child and I know it sounds a bit trite and maybe a bit kind of uh, we're going there again but actually the childhood traumas particularly before the age of seven impacts the way that we run our lives and it means that the patterns that we've learned as a small child or even older or even things that have happened to us as adults means that we we kind of step into that comfort because being, doing something different is uncomfortable, even though that's not comfortable. It's just a reaction that is inborn in us, um, and in order to get a different result in our lives, what we need to be able to do is to change our reactions to things. So I love Joe Dispenser. he talks about the fact that our personality is derived from you know, perhaps one incident. So something might have happened to you or me, and you've developed a kind of mood around that incident. Um, and then somebody will say to you, or you know, you're you're in a bad mood today. What happened to you? Oh, yeah, you know, um, uh, I I didn't get uh, into the right class when I was at school, um, you know, six months ago. So that mood has become a bit of a temperament by then, and that temperament has stayed with that that child um, all that time, and that that child becomes kind of pigeonholed as oh, that child's got a bit of a you know bad attitude and that temperament eventually becomes personality, which is that person's personal reality. So in order to change our personality, we need to be willing to be able to change the reality and to kind of look at those things that might have happened to us that have influenced the way that we behave and also influence our reaction. So for example, you know, I was bullied at school as a child. Um, and so it's very easy for me to fall into victim mode, um, and to try and be the good girl, to try and um, kind of just be the please, the people pleaser, um, because of stuff that went that happened within my family life. You know, I'll I'll just do anything. I'm kind of a bit of a have been a bit of a walkover. You know, I'm I'm very loyal. But what I've realised, and it's taken 58 years to realise this is that actually that loyalty has come from not a healthy place and that in order for me to be healthy and happy i needed to create really good boundaries around who i accept in my life and what i accept in my life so that i'm steering it i'm organizing it um, and i'm in charge not to say that i'm not ever going to fall back into those um, habits if you like but actually being much more aware of the, the things that have happened to me that are creating the situations in my life that I don't want. And so raising my energy, being able to change the energy and the way that I um, manage situations has been such an important thing. Being able to release the energy around negative things and replace it and allow in new energies means that I've been able to reframe so much of the things that have happened to me so that I have more confidence going into the future knowing that I am gonna be in much more in control of my emotions, my energy emotion motion, and also um, the way that, that I want my life to look next year and in 10 years and in 20 years and in 30 years so everything I've said about stress just to sum this up is really all to do with good or bad energy positive or negative energy good clean eating is about positive putting positive energy into your body good supplementation is about creating energy the right environment putting things in that are bioavailable to the body, being around people that are um, like you, on a higher vibration or that have a much more positive energy um, are much more beneficial and they're going to be able to help you counteract the effects of stress. Being in the work environment, in the home environment, in your community environment is all about energy. It's all energy, Um, having energy around uh, the exercise, the right kind of energy, <laughs> um, having energy to sleep. Believe it or not, you need energy to sleep as well. If you're too tired, you'll notice you can't go to sleep. So in, um, in summary, really, um, stress and the midlife women, um, and as as midlife women, uh, there are a myriad of things that are going on. Uh, There are a number of different influences that we will be much more prone to as we go into our 40s and 50s and 60s and beyond. But it's all manageable. And the more aware you become of the energies that are surrounding every part of your life, the more likely you are to to live a life of health and vitality. I wish that for you more than anything else. Thank you for watching uh, this short series of videos. Um, There are other presentations available that are longer that go into the various different subjects that I've covered throughout these video series. There is also a Udemy course called 14 Days to Fabulous, um, which is, I don't know, 20 pounds or something. And that in itself, those are 14 short 14-minute videos that go into much more depth over some of the subjects that I've covered within this short series. Thank you for joining me. Um, Please like, share, and follow my YouTube channel. And I will see you the next time.